0: Hello and welcome to White Centipede Noise Podcast. It's the end of the year, 2023. So today I'm going to do a solo episode running down my top 10 noise releases of the year. 10 is, of course, a very arbitrary number. I could have had 12 or 15 or 20, but it's also fun to limit yourself and force yourself to think in critical and discriminatory terms about kind of the quality and the importance of certain releases. It was a very different year for me for, you know, personal reasons, and my listening habits were disrupted. So I see this as a very, very personal and subjective list, not necessarily reflecting the greatest achievements or scene or genre benchmarks of the year, but just things that I really enjoyed that I listened to quite a bit that made an impression on me. So, without further ado, I'll start with my first one. These are in no particular order. First one is Ants in the Afterbirth, released on Head Meat. It's a self titled one sided C60, I believe. This is an anonymous tape from one of the most unprolific. And best, American harsh noise artists. I have always hoped for more material from him. And this year we got some, and it's great. It's a really stormy, dense, traditional orthodox harsh noise tape. Lo-fi, high-intensity harsh noise. Incredible amount of detail manipulation and modulation of the layers. Lots of crust-surfing. But just this blown out racket done in a really masterful way. It's simple, but it's great. Next is from Minem. you can gonna see it's an all-black tape with I think black ink or gray ink. Minem Heart of Complex which came out on Satatuwata, the Finnish based label. It's another masterpiece from Manem. I think that's how you pronounce it. Minimal alien industrial noise. Clear, cold, throbbing loops kind of sound like distant transmissions from some sort of spaceship with the edges rounded off. There are some really nice rare moments where more full frequency chirps or feedback kind of pierces through for just a second that, you know, in the minimalism become these powerful goosebump moments. It's cold in atmosphere it's warm in sound it's very analog warm sound but the feeling is very black and bleak and gray like the tape artwork so in terms of industrial music this is it for me this is my kind of perfect band and i was surprised to see a new album by them come out but it's been a favorite like most of their albums are next up is viodre i hope i'm pronouncing that right Drawing Horses on California Love Addiction. It follows in the legacy of Viodre. We haven't heard an album or release from them in quite a while. The last major album was Interpol Alchemy, I think in 2011, which was kind of a climax or a peak for them after being quite active in the mid-2000s. And so it's interesting to have them resurface with this tape. It's a I think it's a C25, it's between a C20 and a C30, so it's short, but it's it feels it feels like an album in many ways. It's modern, maybe I would call it power electronics, experimental power electronics, personal power electronics, a lot of tension and anxiety and purpose. The entire tape has a very clear narrative and arc, a lot to decipher and unravel there, but it's pretty telling, even in the first, you know, couple listens kind of what it's about, collage of field recordings, wild room-recorded noise, that amp kind of sound, hoarsely screamed vocals, chopped up kind of high-tech close-up bits, violin interludes, you know, a lot of interesting f- field recordings that feel like they were very closely either voyeuristically captured, maybe staged, um, you know, someone calling on the phone, and you hear that the, f- the mic is in the room of the person calling, looking for Brian, who is a member of Vyodre and you hear a, a voice on the other line. So it, I, I'm, I'm always curious about how these things are recorded and how they became captured if they're, if they're staged or if they're true captured field recordings. A lot of the song sounding pieces have really interesting kind of dreamy production where it's the, kind of a layered blend of distant wild screaming combined with looped up close clean digital noise kind of r- reminding me of a modern take of a lot of the early more experimental power electronic sound like like romlet for example where you had like studio tricks going on you had studio experimentation going on it wasn't all just line in and go. It was layering of the real and spatially kind of simulated walking around the room closer and further away from the mics. It it sounds very different, but it, it has a similar, really obscure production quality in the end. I like that it doesn't also go for the bass heavy kind of obvious mix that a lot of modern power electronics does it stays very airy like you're listening to something in limbo there are a lot of harrowing vocals and lyrics throughout the tape this album feels like it somehow has to do with regret or shame the liner notes inside even apologize to jay borges of pedestrian deposit for omitting them from the liner notes or credits from Interpol Alchemy. So that even in itself is a kind of explicit apology. Clearly the artist had something they needed to say and get out there in some sort of timely manner with this album. There's a lot of care put into the packaging of this. It's really gorgeous and detailed from, the tape show, I believe it's a metal tape, to the kind of glass mirror j-card, the layers of transparent imagery on the Norelco case. It came with some illustrations as well. Um, It's a real album with real goals, emotional commitment, and sincerity, and that is worth a lot. It seems to be not very widely distributed and Available just from the artist, but apparently you can reach out reach out to him on Instagram and buy it from him directly. He told me there will be a digital copy sometime soon as well. And hopefully there will be more from Viodre in the near future. If not, this is a significant and lasting release in their <clears throat> chronology. Next album is Mote, Kill the Sun. Came out on Dada Drumming. It's a CD packaged in a DVD case. It's one long-form piece, about 60 minutes, I think. Rich, swirling, bubbling, harsh noise, psychedelia from this obscure Japanese legend who has made a resurgence in the past several years. And I think all of the material he's put out since... Coming back has been fantastic. This is probably the best thing I've heard from him. It's just really, really satisfying full spectrum buzz, a lot of harmonicaness, which is that term that Saudi kind of coined to classify harsh noise, and that it's this wide harmonic range and there really is some a lot of chordal backdrop to a lot of the texture that you feel like it's like a blown out organ or harmonica that's buzzing off all these things there are these little dancing melodies that sing in and out kind of weird arabian melodies atonal but harmonic it's just great heavy dense psychedelic harsh noise next album is genocide organ and Purient collaboration called carte blanche it came out on hospital productions this year and is apparently 10 years in the making. It says on the inside here. Yeah. 2013 to 2023. I see Genocide Oregon and Periant as kind of the yin and yang of power electronics or industrial, kind of the dominant approaches. Super, super influential artists, both of them. Both artists that I respect immensely. And reach to as kind of the pinnacles of both of these poles of industrial power electronics. I'm going to call power electronics because to me it is enough. I know people argue about whether that is or not. I don't really care. Um, I was intrigued but a little bit skeptical on how this album would sound and how this collaboration would sound based on the kind of opposite pulling forces of both those artists, how, how well it would work in the first place and how much I would like it. I'm not a huge power electronics industrial maniac. Genocide organ. like I said, is a band I'll reach to and and listen to when I'm looking for that, but it's not that often that I throw them on. And stuff like them, stuff that is highly influenced by them, I don't have too much... Need for. And like Yin and Yang, in each one of those artists, which on the outward expression maybe are quite different from each other, there is quite a bit of the characteristic of each one in the other. The inward, personal, and emotional expression of Prurient that's at the center of the project also does exist in a big way in genocide oregon but in a more hidden way just as the cold distant macro lens of genocide Organ is also very present in Purient's work this album really finds them both giving into each other in a way that feels very honest and in some ways vulnerable there are the strained vomitous vocals of Purient. many of the signature vocal styles of genocide organ and their various members are present it's all produced and mixed in a way that utilizes the genocide organ electronics in a lot of ways but they're kind of programmed and also mixed with this sense of anxiety and ugliness that i think we get from the purient contribution to the collaboration. I was surprised that I like this album as much as I do, but it's really one of the most special things I've heard this year and something I'll be returning to a lot. Of course, with vocal-driven thematic industrial music, there is a lot more explicit information, context, lyrics, poetry, samples, musical information to decipher and process here. And that's gonna be a pleasure to continue to do over the years because I think this is a landmark album that will continue to give and yield important and significant personal experience when you listen to it. Okay. Just wanna take this moment now quick also to mention patreon.com white centipede noise. It's the Patreon that supports this podcast and makes it possible. And there's lots of bonus content on there. I recently did an episode of Noise Cribs with Grant Richardson. There's another episode of Noise Cribs coming next month with Sam Stockson of Phage Tapes. And there's lots more exclusive Patreon content up there right now, and lots more coming in 2024. Your support is very much appreciated and keeps this all going. Moving on, the next release I chose is Spring of Life Interface. Spring of Life is an artist I've released on White Centipede Noise, a contemporary favorite. Very violent and unsettling, broken-sounding, harsh noise. Very crude, single-instrumentation kind of sound, but constantly shifting and morphing timbre, like being blasted through a maze at really high speed. And the maze is just decrepit and fucked up, and nothing is there to really grab onto or look at. But there's all these impressions and shadows and textures popping out the noise is constantly fighting with a threshold it seems breaking through it into loud outbursts and skittering back into this whispery almost morse code it's not unlike cut up and it's constant dynamic jumping between sounds but it's still got a linear path to it and it's full of unfinished thoughts unfinished statements. It celebrates anticlimacticness, even though it does feel like it has a purpose and linear narrative to it. As always, a spring of life releases. The artwork and packaging feels like a very delirious and perverse interpretation and processing of forensic information and details printed on very thin newspaper-like paper with you know, black, silver, and red risograph. Incredible graphics and printing just feels really quite sick. It's a short tape, but I use that time very well to convey something very disturbing and thought-provoking, and I'm always eager for more from Spring of Life or any of his visual or sound works. Next up is Euronet. TSMC is burning on Lude, originally Swedish label, now based in Scotland. Euronet's an artist I also released on White Centipede Noise. He's only got two releases other than this. One was I think a self-released debut tape that caught my attention, then Jabber Zeus, which came out on White Centipede Noise. So I was very happy to see a new tape by him this year. I was a little torn about whether or not to include it because it's quite short and it's quite simple. But every time I questioned that, I put it on. And even if it was in the background, within a few minutes, I found myself kind of swaying along and nodding along to it, just capturing me with something very simple and primitive, which doesn't happen with a lot of noise tapes. So that was a sign to me that it really did deserve to be in the top releases of the year, as opposed to some other things, it's very minimal and decided roughness. I would say it's industrial harsh noise. There's a mechanical, programmed nature to it, very little humanness in its bass movement of sounds. It reminds me of a script being run through an analog computer. And I suspect computers lie somewhere at the heart of this release, though it's very rough and analog sounding it's got this brittle crackling facade but the undercurrent is strangely mechanical the manipulation of the maybe the filter or the eq or how that dramatic art goes throughout the piece is kind of the only human sounding input to this to this music and due to its shortness it's something i can listen to often right now it's hard for me to sit down sometimes, and really digest a whole album. So, you know, a 20, 25, 30-minute tape can sometimes be the perfect dose when I have a limited amount of time to listen. Next album, Body Carve, Studies in Advanced Decomposition, CD on Chondritic Sound. Fantastic conceptual harsh noise album. Decomposition and breakdown of the process and the gear is the theme of the of the of the album so towards the beginning it starts with some pretty juicy fuzz heavy harsh noise and as the tracks go on the sound really does decay it stays sharp and layered and well mixed but the elements kind of pull apart and you hear more failure and chipping away of the static a lot of crusty harsh noise sound here but the crust really has a depth that you can see through. Bass buzzing, low-end, sharp, crackly jags of static and raw metal scraping that really bleeds through the threshold in some points. And like I said, as the album progresses, particularly around the fourth track, some really different things start happening and the layers start to really spread apart in a way that almost reminds me of the haters tracks where you have this kind of, weird loop going that sounds like a rain stick and you have sounds that just drift apart and you no longer have this mass. You really have this stratified separated stack of layers that are just interacting with each other. A lot of hands-on sounds that sound like stacks of wood being dropped, kind of reminding me of Hands 2 or Jeff German, but really processed in a visceral and vicious way. Really disgusting original artwork done by the artist displaying the decay and... Rust of metal and blood. Next release from Kaspar Sonnet called Passacaglia Radio. Came out on his own label, which I don't know how to pronounce, but I think it's Andromache. Andromache. Not quite sure. But um, beautiful printing and artwork and packaging. Very thick textured paper. Each one of these is screen printed slightly differently. There's an illustration on the inside. There's a embossment or stamp of, I think the label's logo here. Tape case is very nice. It's got a nice little insert, really a gorgeous presentation. I didn't know at all what to expect from this, but It's really, really brick-ton heavy, treated guitar, string pickup abuse. It's kind of like continuous several-second bursts of very harsh, heavy, full-frequency screaming that comes allegedly from the pickups of a lap steel guitar. Also, some electronics and tapes are credited on the, on the tape as well. The sound is very oppressive. Within each burst, there are lots of howls and screeches. It doesn't sound heavily affected, but it just sounds like it's really utilizing the nature of the instrument itself and the overdrive of whatever it's being run through. But it's a raw, raw, raw sound. This guy, Kaspar, has more of a background in free improv. And that you can feel here. But the sound is extremely pure noise. But it's played with a different mindset, I think, than a continuous block of harsh noise that a lot of noise artists go for automatically. And I really... Appreciate that about it. And lastly, we have Star, Elephant in the Snow, double CD that came out on Hospital Productions, which is probably my favorite album of the year. It's extremely creative and personal harsh noise. It pokes into and illuminates some of those very familiar and mysterious elements of the psyche. First and foremost, it's, in my opinion, just fantastic, crude, harsh noise. The sound palette and instrumentation and all that itself isn't far away from something like Trey Xero's at Early Taint, maybe Old Mote, maybe Aaron Dilloway. There's quite a bit of plunder phonics and chaotic looping of what sounds like maybe some 70s rock music i see a lot of focus on the idiosyncratic or strange nature of the whole star package when people talk about it either the people celebrating it or kind of saying i don't get it and it is it is strange and weird and that's a lot of what's great about it but I don't think that that should be the. I don't think that that should be weird in Harsh Noise. You go into a modern art gallery and see all sorts of things that could easily be described as weird. But unless you're really stubbornly trying to be like a simpleton and anti art, most people don't walk away and assume that the main goal or meaning of art or these artists is just to be weird and do weird stuff that is puzzling. And in my opinion, most good and interesting art is very puzzling and needs that element of mystery. I don't think art should be able to be rationally decoded or dissected from the viewer and also not necessarily from the creator. I think it's very valid that an artist will spit something out, vomit something out with strong conviction Without knowing why, I would be quite disappointed if I found out that Star's work is really just some heady um, references to specific literature, philosophy, and art, and that it's all come out this way following some sort of specific process in order to achieve a specific thing. I really want to believe that this stuff is just vomited out of his psyche because that's how I receive it, and that's how I love to receive it. And I love the fact that he's able to do this without even getting into the packaging or the imagery, but that the noise itself is legitimately unsettling and surreal using very, very crude methods. And maybe surreal is a lazy term, but it really does seem to tap into an attempt to express the subconscious with a certain amount of humor and wit. I don't want to cheapen it, but the the aesthetics and the the content do seem somewhat akin to like modern absurd internet humor or shit posting. Whereas I think that's very nihilistic and lazy inherently. This really seems purposeful and vital and full of life. Like he's somehow trying to describe the discomfort of life and it doesn't feel deranged or sick. It feels very human. It does feel a bit neurotic, but it does feel very human and optimistic in some way. I do really enjoy and value harsh noise as just genrefied sound that you listen to because you value and love. But I love when that world can be can be pushed further into, into deeper recesses of the psyche of. Of emotions. The fact that he's able to do this in such a creative and personal way without relying on modern technology or tools within the very crude basic frameworks I think is something very commendable and this is just a great double album that if you like Harsh Noise you should check it out. So those are 10 new releases of the year um, Another thing really worth mentioning is the David Gilden Texas Pillbox box set from Fusty Cunt I've been going through it. I'm not even near having listened to all of it yet. I'm going through it kind of piece by piece, but everything has been so rich and rewarding. It's all essential noise put together in a really cool way. Cool t-shirt came with it, which I'm rocking right here. The CD box set will be out soon. It's a slightly truncated CD version of the tape box set, but will also be worth your time and money. This list is maybe kind of random, pretty personal. Some things I wanted to have on the list, but I accidentally got rid of them. I do have a package on the way from Satatowata with some stuff that might have made my list. There's a lot of things that might have made my list. Um, fortunately for Satatowata, I'll be able to catch up on a lot of stuff that I didn't have the time to do during this year. But I really like seeing what everyone else has on their lists because it's a reminder of things that I need to check out either for the first time or spend more time with. There's going to be a White Centipede Noise video party at the end of the year, probably on the 30th, where we'll all get together. I think the focus will be talking about our year-end lists and kind of highlights of the year. So hopefully we'll see some of you with that. You can head over to the Patreon to see the extended segment of this video, where I talk about some personal reflections of the year. Happy holidays. Thank you all. See you soon.